Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every listener that they will hear your word and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As children of God, we have access to the divine energy and power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. Unfortunately, we don't always know how to access and tap into the fullness of that power. As we explore the awesome prayer of the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21, we will obtain invaluable spiritual insight and knowledge that will help us to access and experience not some, but all of God's supernatural power on a daily basis. The title of this sermon series is God's Supernatural Power. I will be reading in your hearing from the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21 in the New American Standard Version of the Bible. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now let's look at a little bit about the background for this epistle. The author of the book of Ephesians is the apostle Paul. This is one of his five prison epistles. The major theme of the book of Ephesians is the church, the ecclesia. It is written to the saints and they are referred to as the faithful ones in Christ. Ephesus is the capital city of the province Asia and it was the leading city that had a great influence on the world for Christ. Now let's begin our lesson with verse 14. It reads, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father 
The King James Version states, before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our first observation is Paul begins chapter 3, verse 1, for this reason. He stops, digresses, and writes about God's eternal purposes in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 2 to 13. And then he picks up in verse 14, he resumes the thought by repeating the same words, for this reason. And this phrase means in favor of, for the sake of, or for the pleasure of. Paul begins to explain why or for what purpose he is writing this biblical truth. Now let's take a look at some previous passages to understand our lesson text. In chapter 1, verse 13, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the saints and he writes, In him or in Christ, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after having believed, you were sealed in him or in Christ with the Holy Spirit of promise. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, the Apostle Paul reminds them that God has made them alive together with Christ. In chapter 2, verse 10, he states, They are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Chapter 2, verse 13, he reminds them, Now they're in Christ and are brought near by the blood of Christ. Chapter 2, verse 19, he writes, they are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God belonging to the family of God. And then in chapter 2, verse 20, he states, They have been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, the cornerstone. And then in chapter 2, verse 21, he states they are fitted together and growing into a holy temple in the Lord. The Apostle Paul is repeatedly emphasizing and stressing the phrase in Christ, the most powerful identity that we have as believers is knowing who we are in Christ. We are part of the body of Christ, the family of God, we're citizens of heaven. We're holy temples set apart for Christ and dwelt by the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ we know is God's divine energy and power that works in us and flows through us. Paul encourages the saints and us to know who we are in Christ. And once you know that you know that you know and that truth is settled in our hearts, we can with boldness and confidence live our lives in the light of that daily reality of what we know. We are in Christ. The Apostle Paul continues, I bow my knees before the Father. Paul begins this verse with I bow, the first person singular pronoun. He is speaking of himself. Paul is opening up his life to the saints and showing them and us a glimpse of his personal relationship with the Lord and allowing us to take a peek inside his prayer life. At the time this epistle was penned, 
Paul was in a Roman prison. He's under house arrest. He is bound and restrained with chains to a Roman guard, according to Acts chapter 28, verse 16 and 30. But despite these circumstances, Paul gets down on bended knee and begins to pray. The apostle Paul believes and knows without one single doubt that God's supernatural power is activated and experienced through prayer. He begins to talk to the Lord and seek the Lord. He enters into sweet fellowship and communion with God the Father and God the Son. He uses this time as an opportunity to pour out his heart, share his passions and desires before the Lord. Paul knows as a child of God, he has a right and a privilege to come before the Lord in prayer. Paul is not moved by the fact that he is in shackles and he is bound physically. Paul is not moved by the fact that he's been wrongly imprisoned and was lied upon and falsely accused. Paul is not bothered by the fact that he has a Roman guard breathing down his neck, watching his every move 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He does not let his present circumstances and confinement anger him or frustrate him. He doesn't complain, question, or doubt his purpose in Christ. He does not abandon his call to ministry or deny his identity in Christ. Paul knew he was called to pray. He had a dynamic, mature life of prayer. Paul was devoted to prayer. And time after time in scriptures, we see where Paul experienced God's supernatural power in his life through the vehicle of prayer. He did not allow his imprisonment, this temporary situation, to come between him and his God or affect his prayer life or relationship with the Lord. He was not moved by any of it. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, the Bible declares, but none of these things move me. This verse is speaking of the apostle Paul, and it goes on to say, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now let's continue. The word bow in our scripture text means to bend, to bow the knee, to humble in honor of one, in religious veneration, in great respect, or an attitude of submission. Although the Apostle Paul did not always bow in prayer, actually standing in prayer was the custom of the day. But this time, on this occasion, during this prison sentence, as Paul is writing this epistle under the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit, he makes his petition on bended knee. This is a place of utmost humility, 
a place of sweet surrender and a place of great respect and reverence for the Lord. This is Paul's knee posture physically, but most importantly, spiritually, Paul had a yielded heart. He had a tender heart towards the things of God, and he presented himself before the Lord in that manner. Paul persisted in prayer. He was a praying man with a praying spirit. He didn't mind standing in the gap and interceding on the behalf for the people of God. It was the Apostle Paul who wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, to pray without ceasing. Paul prayed continuously without taking a break. Every moment, every opportunity that he got, he was praying. He was in constant fellowship with the Lord. Prayer was part of his daily lifestyle. It wasn't for show or to be seen. He just loved to pray. He was obedient to the call to prayer. And as we mentioned earlier, our setting in this text is a Roman prison. And as we take a peek into the prayer life of the Apostle Paul, no sooner than he hits his knees to the ground, there is an obvious shift in the atmosphere as he comes before God's holy presence. The Holy Spirit floods his soul and heart and takes over and begins to pray through him. It is through prayer that he experiences and activates the supernatural power of God. Paul had no other agenda than to talk to the Lord in prayer. Paul's bowing can teach us so many powerful spiritual lessons just to name a few. First of all, Paul's bowing is an act of reverent submission to the Father's authority. He imitates Christ and follows his example. Jesus Christ is our supreme model, and he bows in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's read that passage in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 41. To 42. He, Jesus, withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knelt in prayer, in selfless humility, and in total surrender to the Father. Paul's bowing in prayer is also seen as an act of worship and an acknowledgement of the Lord's sovereign rule and reign in his life. The psalmist calls for God's people to bow in Psalm chapter 95, verse 6. It says, come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord our Maker. Paul's bowing also shows his great respect for the Lord as a sovereign king. We see this in the life of King Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 54, it says, And it was so that when Solomon had made 
and end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord before kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. Paul's bowing is also a powerful example and demonstration of his intense passion and love he had for the leaders of the church. When he says farewell to the elders in Ephesus, the Bible says in Acts 20, verse 36 to 37, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed them. So whether in the jailhouse or the church house, it didn't matter. Paul got down on his knees in prayer. Paul made the best of every situation. Prayer was a priority in his life and in the life of the early church because they knew and experienced God's supernatural power through prayer. We see it in the life of Peter. God moved in a powerful way when Peter knelt in prayer. In the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 40 to 41, it says, But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. God's supernatural power exploded in their midst and Tabitha was raised from the dead. Unlike Paul and Peter and the early church, many believers and leaders in our modern day church have gotten so far away from coming to the Lord in prayer on bended knee. And some might say, well, it's due to the pandemic. But if the truth be told, even before the pandemic, we did not come to the altar on bended knee. And yes, we all understand that prayer is a posture of the heart. But now, if Jesus knelt before our Father, Paul knelt in prayer, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The prophet Ezra knelt in prayer in Ezra 9.10. Daniel knelt in prayer three times a day in Daniel 6.10. Then how much more are we to do the same and kneel in prayer? Praying on our knees is always a good way to pray. It's a beautiful posture. It's an act of humility that is honored by the Lord. And I love this quote by Billy Graham. On our knees, we are the most powerful force on earth. The Bible assures us in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, and the same truth is repeated in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that one day soon to come, that at the name of Jesus, every knee 
should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. In every ministry and local church, prayer is the actual work. The preaching of the word is the result of God's people praying. Every salvation, every revival, every deliverance, every miracle, every move of God, and every advancement in the kingdom of God is a result of prayers. God's supernatural power is activated and experienced through prayer. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. This is a quote by Oswald Chambers. And I am reminded of our prayer meetings when the people of God who were physically able came to the altar on bended knee. And if they stayed at their pews, they knelt down. But we don't see that anymore. We had an all-night prayer shut-in right before the pandemic. We spent hours in prayer on our knees before the Lord, seeking the Lord's face and communing with Him. And the power of God exploded in that place. And all throughout the pandemic, this local church safely and responsibly kept on holding in-person prayer meetings. And as the prayer warriors, we trusted the Lord and faithfully showed up for prayer. It transformed and strengthened our prayer lives. And we thank God for the local churches that are praying churches. Our local church is a praying church. We have praying pastors and ministry leaders. Prayer is a priority in our church. We believe in the power of prayer and we've seen God move by his power in a mighty way. And on occasion, our assistant pastor will approach the altar on bended knee. It sets such a powerful example for all of us to follow. We must remember that the shortest distance between our problems and their solutions is the distance between our knees and the floor. This is a quote by Dr. Charles Stanley, and it comes from one of his popular books, Handle with Prayer and Unwrap the Source of God's Strength for Living. God's supernatural power is activated and experienced through prayer. Let's go back to our foundational text. And it reads in verse 14, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the King James Version. The object of Paul's prayer is God the Father, directed through his Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word Father in this verse means male, generator, founder, ancestor, or originator of the family or society. It refers to God Almighty. One commentary stated, God is the first father, the only one with underived fatherhood. We exist 
as children of God, as a family with a father because of him. Paul has an intimate relationship with the father. Paul comes to him as his daddy. He calls on Abba, his heavenly father. Romans 8.15 declares, because we have been adopted into God's family, we are privileged to call him Abba Father. Abba means we are specially close in an intimate and have a total dependent relationship with our loving Father. And just as when we were young children, we put our trust in our earthly fathers, it is the same childlike trust. And our daddies, they welcomed us with loving arms even when we were disobedient. They loved us anyhow. And we too, like the Apostle Paul, must have a totally dependent relationship on our Heavenly Father. We must put our trust in Him because He is 100% trustworthy. God is waiting for Paul to come close to Him and to talk to Him. He's waiting for him to be transparent, vulnerable, and to share his heart. And he is waiting for us too to come close, to come before him naked and unashamed with transparent hearts and with nothing to hide. The Lord desires for us to come into sweet communion and fellowship with him in prayer. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 30 verse 18 that the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to us. And while some of us have set aside a special time to meet the Lord in prayer, there are still some believers who are not committed to cultivating intimacy with the Lord in prayer. And it is very sad to say, but God is so faithful. He just waits and waits for us to come close to him. And when we study the earthly life of Jesus, we see how he related to his father in an intimate, personal way. In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said, Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Apostle Paul's prayer life modeled the prayer life of Jesus. It is through prayer that God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. Now, here are some practical applications for our lesson. Number one, pray daily before you start your day. And if you are physically able, pray on your knees. Number two, stay in a continual attitude of prayer. Number three, pray and ask the Lord to show you ways to strengthen your prayer life. Number four, read resource materials and books on prayer. One recommended reading is Handled with Prayer by Dr. Charles Stanley. Number five, read and meditate on scriptures, 
pertaining to prayer. And you might ask Bible teacher Tyler, who is this Jesus? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for salvation that's taking place all around the globe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.